Okay, today's message is titled Resurrected Hope. Look at your neighbor and say, we have hope. We have hope. Time and time again, Jesus told his disciples, he said, I will rise from the dead. But somehow, through the circumstances of his crucifixion, being arrested, somehow their ears got covered and they did not fully see what was going on and they scattered and ran. There are times in our lives where things just they seem so bad, we tend to run, amen? And we tend to run away from God instead of running to God. In Mark 16, verses 3 and 4, and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. I want you to look with me at Luke chapter 23 and 24. Luke chapter 23 and 24 there's been the crucifixion that's taken place. We know the brutal things that have taken place as far as Christ. I mean, he was flogged. They had pieces of metal and bone on that whip, and they just hit him and hit him, and it literally ripped the flesh off his back. Tendons were exposed. His bowels were exposed. But the Bible says not one bone would be broken. But Jesus was bleeding. We know in Gethsemane when he was there praying, the stress, they say some people can get to a point in stress where they start perspiring blood. And Jesus did that. And he looked at his disciples and he said, can you not pray with me? Just an hour. He looked at them a couple of times. And I think it's such a great testimony of his love for them, his love for us, but it also shows how many times we fail. Amen? The disciples couldn't stay away. When they grabbed him, we're going to crucify him, those guys scattered. We know Judas betray, betrayed him and, and the terrible things that took place there, but let's just look at Luke 24. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not see a body. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day he would rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. And to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. I want to stop right there because the first thing I want to look at here is who did the angels appear to first? A group of women. 
Who took the message that he had risen first? A group of women. Back then, ladies, women were not considered equal with a man. They were considered a lower class. But yet here is the resurrection of Jesus, and he highlights the women. Two angels speak to them. The stone has not just been rolled away. The stone has been totally tossed. And they're in amazement, and they run to the 11 disciples to tell them what has happened. That should be encouragement. Really? Those ladies were the first preachers. Now, men, you know your wives can preach <laughs> to you. But that's what took place at early dawn. That's amazing to me. And here we are celebrating the resurrection. And we can celebrate what God did and who he chose to give the message to first. The book of Acts, the very first chapter, all it talks about is the resurrection of Jesus. The American Medical Association in 1986 published an article titled The Physical Death of Jesus Christ. In details, the entire process of Jesus, his trial, and the time at the cross was talked about in Luke 22. Before Jesus was even arrested, they talk about the great distress and him sweating blood. Although rare, it is recognized and can be caused by high amounts of stress. At the time of the crucifixion, which was considered the worst death that any criminal could go through. But that's not all that Jesus faced. He endured the whipping, the tearing of the flesh from his body. He was beaten so horrific, and his face was beaten. We learn when he went to the high priest, and the high priest accused him of blasphemy, and he ripped his clothes. It says they slapped him, the Sanhedrin slapped him. Then they sent him to Pilate. And Pilate's like, oh my gosh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. He sends him to Herod. Herod sends him back to Pilate. Pilate says, listen, I know what I can do because Pilate's wife had a dream. And she said, don't do anything to this guy. I had a bad dream. Don't do anything to this guy. And he's like, I'll release. I always release one prison. I'll offer them Barabbas, who's really an evil guy, or Jesus. And they chose Barabbas. Everywhere... Every circumstance about the life of Christ, we found emptiness. The high priest is like, send me to Pilate now. I want him crucified. I want to empty myself of him. Pilate's like, I don't want to deal with him. I, I, I Send him to Herod. I don't want to. I'm emptying him. Herod, listen. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do this. Send him back to. And then Pilate puts it before the crowd. And they cry, crucify, crucify. How many times in our life do we face Moments where we feel abandoned, we feel a void. Maybe you've been broken, you've been lied about, cheated upon, denied. Maybe you're facing something physically in your body, and you're like, God, where are you, Jesus? Where are you, God? I need you. We all go through that, amen? Every one of us have those moments.
And so the disciples scattered. Even Peter, the brave one, denied him three times. It's funny because John in the book of John talks about after the women came to them, he and Peter ran to the tomb. And he said, and Peter ran, and I outran Peter. Why would John say that? I outran Peter. Maybe he was just tired of listening to Peter. I don't know. But then he says, and I looked in the tomb. John didn't go in the tomb. He says, I looked in the tomb. And where they had wrapped the body of Jesus and where they had placed a handkerchief over his face, the handkerchief was all folded and the wrappings of the body were still there, but they had sunken in and John knew, he didn't even have to go in. He knew he had resurrected. Peter went in. But we know what happened with Peter. He felt so bad about denying Christ, he took off. Many times, we get full of guilt and shame and we go back to our old lives. We go back to our old lives. So my first point today is this. What has you going in the wrong direction? What has you going in the wrong direction? And I want to talk about the road to Emmaus, a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem. And a couple of his followers were headed that away. Let's read about them. That very day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Can I tell you something? No matter how empty you feel, no matter what you've done, when you've made a commitment to Christ, he's still there. He is still there. And I've been praying for you this morning that if you feel empty, you'd feel that hand upon your shoulder this morning. He comes up from behind them, and he's listening. As my daughter-in-law would say, he was a creeper. <laughs> he wasn't a creeper, but he was kind of listening in a quiet way, listening to these guys. And while they were talking, discussing, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And when he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And then they stood still. Now this guy, Cleopas. Some believe Cleopas was related somehow to Jesus' stepfather, Joseph. I don't know if that's true or not. But Cleopas, stand still. And he answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem 
who does not know these things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? Isn't Jesus so good? Oh, you're hurting. You feel down. Your husband's not done all that he should have done. Your wife, your kids, the house is a mess again. I don't know what it is. You have no energy. And all of a sudden, what's going on, Owen? What's going on? Where have you been? Where have you been? The woman you gave me, come on. No, that's Adam, okay. What's going on? See, some of our most intense fellowship times are within our own home, amen? Oh, you holy people this morning, oh my goodness. What things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. All of a sudden, all the things that he had shared, being the Messiah, the Son of God, now he's a prophet who was, past tense, mighty indeed. Come on, I'm trying to paint a picture here that we have a resurrected hope, but many of us get caught up in our circumstances. Let me depress you a little bit, okay? Right now in the world, there are 18 wars going on. In Israel right now, they've shot rockets over into Israel. Israel has bombed in Gaza. There's rioting on the streets. They're trying to get peace there over some discrepancy that's going on. We are sending 12,000 troops right now to Taiwan to stage a mock battle with that nation to show force to China. They just announced our State Department that we're gonna ramp up the war and Ukraine's gonna start charging in. All this stuff is going on. And the Bible says in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars. Do you know since World War I, the United States has been involved in 19 wars? that we have gotten ourselves into other wars. Do you know that Ukraine was a democratic nation in 2014 and we used some of our agencies to undo that leader in, New in Ukraine to bring about what's there now that we have sabotaged time and time again at the expense of our own young men and women. I am an American, but I do not approve of all this garbage that these wicked, evil people are doing in our nation throughout the world. And they're beating the, the war drums right now, trying to get us involved. Another country has just announced that they're going to join Iran and Saudi Arabia, who had a peace treaty brokered by China, and they're coming together, and they're going to start using the Chinese money to buy oil. Our dollar is on the verge of collapsing, and we don't even see what's going on, and you'll see some big bulletin come across, and they're going to say, the United States dollar 
is going into hyperinflation because it will no longer be the petrodollar. Oh, Owen, yeah, you are kind of depressing me. Because in your retirement, it's not going to be worth jack squat. And many of you have your hope there. You better get your hope in Jesus. You may feel empty. You may be on the road to Emmaus right now. But you better remember that Jesus paid a price. He told you these things would happen. You don't need to be full of hopelessness. You need to trust him because he is wanting people around him, around you, to know him. Amen? Let's keep reading. Look at the second point. Who knows your tomorrow? Jesus does. Who knows your tomorrow? You may feel like you're at your wit's end, but Jesus knows your tomorrow. I didn't say those things to bring you down. I want you to be aware. So many people right now are just living their life, doing their little thing, and God's saying, time is short. It's time to come to know me, serve me, and be about my Father's business. Be about my Father's business. We have not candy-coated the gospel here. We've not been a seeker-friendly church that just says, come in and live how you want. I, I was talking with a person the other day, and they were talking about their pastor. He, he won't preach against sin because most of the people on his leadership team are very ungodly, and they don't live for Jesus, but he doesn't want to lose them or lose their giving. You don't have to have a woke world. You've got a woke church. Verse 26, was it not necessary that Christ, oh, I'm sorry, I jumped way ahead. Verse, what is it, 22 or 21? I'm sorry, 20. And how the chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hope. Come on now, don't lose your hope in Jesus. Pastor Adam said it during worship. God's still in control. He's got everything under control. He knows everything that's going on, and God is going to allow his will to be done no matter what world leaders think. But we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some of the women of our own company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find the body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but they did not see. Come on now. I think sometimes we look for excuses not to believe God. Can I say that again? I think sometimes we look for excuses not to believe God, not to believe his word, not to trust him. It's amazing to me. Start with 25 again. And they said to them, oh, foolish one. And he said to them, oh, foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe 
all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour, and instead of staying at Emmaus, they're going back to Jerusalem. Why? Because the 11 are there, and they go up to the 11, and they tell them what has happened. Can you believe this? We saw him. He was on the road with us. Our eyes were open. He is alive. And all of a sudden, they're telling the 11, and Jesus, point number three, appears and says to them, peace to you. Can I tell you, with the world doing what it's doing and all the things that are happening, you can have peace if you trust Jesus. You can have peace if you trust Jesus. It's so important that we get that, church. We can have peace. Are you lost? Are you a prodigal? Are you troubled? Are you brokenhearted? Do you feel like you're empty? All your hopes are gone. She left. He left. I lost my health. It's gone. My children are living this. All this stuff. God's still in charge. If you'll remain consistent and content in him despite your circumstances, Jesus will walk you through. He'll walk you through. I believe that with my whole heart. He'll walk you through. He loves you so much. I'm amazed. We have to learn not to stay on the road to Emmaus, and we have to learn not to stay in Emmaus. We have to learn to go back and tell the good news. There are times in your life you're going to struggle, you're going to battle things, people. The enemy is a liar. He does not want you to believe God or his word. Amen? What did the devil do to Eve in the garden? Did God really say he wants you to doubt the word of God? He tries to twist our minds. He tries to get us distracted and doubting when the Holy Spirit is saying it's the truth. Some of you have had dreams. You've had visions. You were taking steps, but you don't feel like you're there yet and you're getting discouraged. Stay on the path. Stay on the path. Yeah, but my marriage, stay in the marriage. God can make it. It may not be on your timetable, but God may be developing not only character in your spouse, but character in you. Amen? Anybody that's walked through divorce knows how hard and ugly it is and how rough it is on children. Stay in the battle. Trust God. Some of you have so much potential. Early on as a child, as a teen, God called you. 
not into full-time ministry, but he called you to be used for his kingdom in ways, and you've been running, you've been embracing everything else out there, and God is saying, it is time to trust me again. I believe that with my whole heart. It's not an accident you're here this morning. There is hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he's on that road with you. And he's waiting for you to open your eyes and see what he's doing around you. As your heart starts burning, you understand, God, you are wanting to do more. I have got to redirect my priorities to follow you. Stand with me this morning. Just going to ask you to bow your heads. Some of you are in a job and you're just like, Lord, I, I just don't think I'm supposed to be there. But yet you prayed and prayed and prayed and God placed you there. It was a miracle you got there, but you're just believing you know, the problem's not God. It's not his will. He's trying to do something in you. See, there's some things in us. I know you're not going to hear this. There's some things in us that have to die. Pride. Arrogance. Selfishness. Man, that's not easy. Amen? When things have been stripped from you, and you've got no place to look and you're feeling empty, can I tell you, Jesus is right there. He's right there. It's time for you to pause this Easter Sunday and to dedicate your life to Jesus. Some of you at one time were serving him and you've walked away. Others are here and you're like, I haven't served him and I've heard it all my life. I'm telling you, listen to me, I didn't think Jesus was coming back until maybe before my grandchildren died. Honestly, I've, I've preached that. But I'm seeing things take place that are in Revelation that are happening faster than I've ever seen. And you know how you are. I, as a kid, they would scare me to death, and I'd hit the altar because I was so scared. Jesus is coming back tonight. If you got any sin in your life, you're going to hell. Ah! I'm going to the altar. That's not what I'm doing this morning. There is a plan and a purpose for your life. There are people that you were destined to lead into the kingdom of God. It's time for you to get busy. Their souls hanging in the balance because God is waiting on you to start walking out. His path, not yours. His path so that he can use you to touch them. So with heads bowed, don't stay at Emmaus. It's time to hand over your life to Jesus. He has a bigger purpose and a plan. But God, all I have is leftovers. I've failed so much. Hello, there's not one person here this morning, my hand's up, that has not failed so much but I repent and I turn away and God helps me. And then I screw up again and then I repent and I turn away and God helps me. He knows my heart. 
That's one good thing about this church is you have authentic people that don't play religious games. They'll tell you where they failed and where they struggled, but they'll also tell you that the grace of Jesus is real, and he picks them up and he helps them with that next step. Jesus takes the leftovers of your life. (laughs) Jesus takes the leftovers and he multiplies them. Come on now, you've not gone too far. Jesus was at Jerusalem before they left. Jesus was with them on the road to Emmaus. He was right there. And then when they went back to Jerusalem, Jesus was at Jerusalem. Peace with you. So with heads bowed this morning.